Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome to a special episode of The Black Codes. This episode is going to be more akin to how we want to generally have some of our Patreon episodes. So if you are interested in checking out The Black Codes Patreon, stay tuned for March, late March, early April, for our Patreon. And we'll be getting out some information on a newsletter so you can stay posted. But I am, of course, joined with our co-host, the intelligent and ever insightful Savannah. Hi. How are you feeling right now? Tired. <laughs> Savannah is ready to call it a night. We are up Hi. late drinking and recording, and yeah. we've come across something so interesting. Yeah, um, so today is the 23rd, Tuesday, um, this weekend, a letter dropped, a bombshell dropped, some surprise, I mean, there are, there are mixed emotions about it, but I sent, I sent this letter to Donald, and we thought that it would be something really interesting for us to... Just kind of talk about we don't really have anything structured and set up. We just did an episode and we're drinking and now we're just, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But the letter that I'm talking about is um, Raymond A. Wood, who is an ex or retired. I'm not sure what the appropriate. Dead. Well, he's dead. Yes, he has since passed, but he was a New York City police officer and he essentially, you know, admitted that um, he, well, he wasn't an informant. He was an undercover cop, but he was a part of a plot to infiltrate and essentially make it easier for Malcolm X to be assassinated and a lot of people have mixed emotions about this he you know being a police officer we don't you know as a whole we have very mixed feelings about police um this also being uh, this was released the day before malcolm x's 56 well the 56th anniversary of his assassination and also off the back of Judas and the Black Messiah being released. Um, so there are varying opinions, there are varying thoughts, there are varying feelings. And we're just going to spend, I don't know, like 20 minutes talking about them. Talking about our feelings, I guess. Uh, I think Donald has... Donald has a different maybe stance than I do, so I want you to go ahead and maybe give me your first, your initial thoughts, feelings, and I will respond. So my initial thoughts and feelings were, you know, thinking about you, this guy, right, Raymond A. Wood, getting hired by the New York City police. And his first job mainly being to infiltrate civil rights organizations to be able to find evidence of criminal activity so the FBI could discredit and arrest the leaders. And I'm reading this and I'm just like, so, and 
You just thought it was a great idea to be like, oh, hey, I got this job with the NYPD. Um, oh, I have to go up. And Raymond A. Wood is black, by the way. The guy whose letter we're talking yes. about is black. And he is responsible. He's largely responsible for Malcolm X getting killed. And so, you know, reading this like, oh, you just thought this was a, a good idea. Like, oh, just, you know, I'm going to infiltrate civil rights orgs like, that are fighting for me to even have a job like this. And go infiltrate them? Like, my nigga, what's wrong with you, first of all? Um, you know, reading through, then he's like, oh, well, I wanted to resign because I watched police brutality. So I'm like, it took for you to see them beating up the black people. For you to say, oh, you know what? This is probably a bad idea, buddy. For you to be like, oh, I should stop. And then, oh, well, they were going to pin me with marijuana and alcohol trafficking charges if I didn't follow through with the assignment. So, like, I'm going to keep, you know, getting my people put down. And then, lastly, him waiting until he died to publicly admit all this. Those are my initial reactions. Like, what a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I... I... I don't look at him as being a bitch. I don't even... Yeah, you look at it in a very, I don't want to say differing light. I think for me, I think, so this is me trying to be devil's advocate. Um, the devil I, don't need no advocates. <laughs> that nigga do bad all by himself. That's a fact. Oh, I read something really funny that said, I would rather reign in hell than serve in heaven. And I just thought that was a... Uh, an interest, like a fun little interesting quote. Damn, um, I thought I didn't like being told what to do. <laughs> I had to look into that further, honestly. Um, but so this, so this is my kind of thought, and this is me absolutely trying to be devil's advocate. He could have wanted to be a police officer because he could have wanted to try to make a difference. You know, I think that there are people especially black people that might become police officers because they feel like if there's more of us, you know, in these spaces, policing and, and, and doing the whole protect and serve shit, we can combat some of the racism from the white counterparts. I do think that is an initial desire why black people try, like sign up to be police officers. But because we're humans and I don't even want to say we're weak it's just sometimes our priorities our self becomes way more important than others you end up getting caught up in all types of wild shit you know um I believe that he could have been threatened I believe that he could have they could have like made these claims I mean, we're, we look at marijuana and alcohol as, like, no big joke, but this is, like, the 60s, and uh, it, it is, you know? Like, getting a, a trafficking charge isn't, that's not going to be something easy, and who knows how many kids this, this guy may have had if he was married, if he is, like, the sole provider for a family and i don't want to make excuses i'm not please i'm not trying to justify this and justify people that 
end up getting themselves caught up in a bigger thing. But I think it's unfair to not look at like the whole scope, you know, and like not bring humanity to this person. Still, again, I'm not justifying it, but I think that in terms of being selfless, that's not a trait that many have. Mm. They are going to absolutely ride for the protection of themselves and their immediate family before they might ride for the well-being of the people at large. And it's fucked up, especially at the time, you know, like movements become impactful because of solidarity and because of numbers. And um, it is it is wild. Uh, what were some of the other things that you, you mentioned? Oh, him waiting, him waiting until he died to release this. Um, I can see not wanting to spend your last days looking over your shoulder or being harassed, not even by the whites, you know, but by blacks also. Especially now, when Malcolm X died, that I wasn't alive. I can only imagine how impactful and how hard that was for people that were alive at the time. But there were a lot of people that did not fuck with Malcolm X. They thought that he was too extreme. Um, also, when you think about him being Islamic, there's still a, a, a strong black Christian you know, space where they, it was harder for them to maybe accept Malcolm X and like just some of the things he was saying, especially him being very aggressive and as he should have been, I think it called for aggression, you know, the, the time. Um, but now, especially because he was taken from us so young, he is revered. And so being a, being like a black person tied to why he was murdered, I, I'm not justifying it, but I can understand saying, I'm going to tell my truth, but when I fucking die, like I'm not doing this shit while I'm alive. Fuck that. It might be a bitch move to some, but I understand it. She said, I ain't saying it's right, but I understand. But I understand if we're being realistic. Like I get, I get why you would want to wait. Um, I mean, like on a self-preservation tip, I get it. But I mean, part clearly of it, he that's what it like, was the whole time. He waited after Thomas Johnson died. Thomas X. Johnson died, like or Khalil Islam. He died in two thousand nine. He's he waited till like, oh well, now that I'm a failing health, I feel like Mr. Johnson's family won't get the proper exoneration that they deserve in peace. But y'all mm-hmm. niggas ain't gonna get this peace until I get my peace. Yeah, and so to be fair, so this this letter was released uh, yes. Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, it was days ago. Ri- from when was, we recorded this. Yeah, it was originally written in 2011. So he had Raymond A. Oh, Wood had cancer, um, and he wrote this letter and he gave it to his cousin and he said, "This is to be to be released upon my death." His cancer ends up going into remission and he lives for ten more years. Um, so then when he passes away, I didn't he know pa- that part. yeah, he passed away, I think last year, like in November or something. And you know what I think happened because during like the release, Malcolm X's, the, his three, do- three of his daughters were, 
um, kind of at the press release with the cousin that uh, was entrusted with this letter, and they're using it to reopen the case against Malcolm X being assassinated. I think that the cousin went to them first and said, look, you know, my cousin gave me this. Um, and, you know, let's do something about it. And they announced it really like on the eve of the anniversary of Malcolm X's assassination. Uh, did you ever watch that documentary on Netflix? His? Yeah, who who killed Malcolm X? Um, no, I'm reading about it, but no, I did not watch it. I so it's like a four to six part documentary and this guy that's just like i think he's a postman or something he just has like an a average job hey mr postman <laughs> really undertook trying to get to the bottom of this um and you know there's mysteries there are stories about who killed malcolm x uh i don't know if we need to go into all of that um, but there's a lot of shit around it, mainly it being two of the people that were arrested have, I believe it's two, one for sure have maintained their innocence and people know one that they're innocent. One got out on parole. Yeah. I think they're all, they were all, none of them died in jail, but they had served they had served time. And in the documentary, the guy that's actually credited to being like the one that shot him never went to jail. He just like went, was back out on the streets of Jersey, <laughs> like living his life. And, mm -hmm. um, he held up his end of the deal. Yeah. So, so I want to be clear the Raymond A. Wood, the letter that we're talking about, his participation is. He was able to either get members of Malcolm X's security detail to do some felonious acts or stage it to look like they did. And so they were not present at the Audubon Theater the day of the assassination. So Malcolm X had less security. Which enabled for unless of the, his top people, unless of his top people, right? Um, which enabled these three other men to essentially rush him—not well, rush him, but rush the state, walk to the stage and kill him. Two people had handguns, and one people had like a sawed-off shotgun. Um, and. <laughs> It's kind of known that these three other other people, not the not the two or the one that was arrested, but the the people that actually did, you know, kill or had the guns, were members of the Nation of Islam, and you know, there's mysteries and all of that because you know, towards the end of Malcolm X's life, he had broke away from the nation. I don't even want to get too deep into that. <laughs> beef because <laughs> there's a whole episode on that beef yeah could be. honestly um but this letter coming out i think some people are shocked like i'm not i'm not surprised because we know that the nypd and the fbi oh my god they if you know anything about J. Fucking Edgar Hoover, you know the wild shit that was happening. Yeah, you know, 
we were um, we have a very big project that we're working on. Um, we'll talk about that far another day. And part of this, I was reading through the FBI's um, released records about them. Oh God! Looking up about the Black Panther Party yeah. and all these different revolutionary organizations. There are thousands of pages of documents. Like I mean, over t- like close to twenty thousand pages of documents. Uh, that you can read about their tapping of these these organizations. They wanted to bring down the Black Panther Party. They wanted to bring down the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. They wanted to bring down Malcolm X, the Nation of Islam. They were keeping tabs, and they wanted them gone. They felt like this black empowerment was a threat to national security. Malcolm X was a threat to national security as far as they were concerned. And so when you think about the what those words mean, they have a lot of incentive to figure out how can they get rid of this man. And so the NYPD, you know, hiring this guy, because his job for Malcolm X was to be able to get that security detail out. But his job overall was all these organizations I mentioned to be able to infiltrate them and get their leaders to do acts that they wouldn't normally do or that it, they would need some prodding to ever consider doing. And so, you know, foul play, I mean, I guess you got to do your job, bitch-ass nigga, but, like, it's just wild when you think about, he was probably in his 20s when he took this job. He's probably mm-hmm. faced some discrimination. He probably got called all sorts of niggers working for the NYPD. He probably got denied shit. He probably got harassed, and he's just, like, going to be willing to do this, even at the threat of being arrested but i don't know i think it's just it's weird as hell um for him to do that i think somebody's got to do that dirty york i guess and i think that um what we will do for self-preservation we don't know until our back is against the wall obviously it was on him because he originally decided to become a police officer. he It's not like this. In the this, fucking 60s in New York. Yeah, this particular person <laughs> was not picked up off the street and threatened with, you know, a felony if they didn't cooperate. Like, he actively joined, <laughs> joined the, the, the police department. Massa, I want to get back in my chains. <laughs> Bring me back on the field, Massa. You already know cops don't make no fucking money anyway. But see, that that is where I feel very <laughs> conflicted because I do believe that there were black people that wanted to be police officers with the intention of them policing their neighborhoods and them looking out for the black people. That's what people. the Black Panthers were for. They were yeah. in that same era. <laughs> they were, and that's a fact. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's tricky for me. I think it's, that's not so black and white. I'm also not inherently... Um, anti-police like I think that they're like the police serve a purpose and they're necessary unfortunately I, I do think that they have way too much power and they get called to situations they're not they're not properly trained and any anyone is allowed unfortunately to join them they need to have more background training they need to have 
Uh, maybe different people caught out to different scenes. They should not be accepting anyone that just wants to join. But inherently, I don't necessarily think the po- that the like the police as a as a idea is the problem. Um, so I can see why someone will want to sign up in order to maybe change the narrative. But yeah, he quickly gets in and then realizes, oh, I'm still just a nigger here. And I mean, he talks about he has lived with the guilt and he, you know, he has to he had to live with that for decades. And I think that for some people, him not telling anyone and kind of just skating by all this time is unfair. And it might be like that might not justice may not have been served in that case, but we have no idea the mental torment he was putting himself under. Like, knowing that you had a direct hand in the assassination of Malcolm X, who is now revered as, I mean, he's essentially, what's what's that word? Like a martyr, you know? He died for the cause. He's going to go down in history. You know, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, they're in history as two prominent, not even just black people, like American historical figures, you know, they will not be lost in history. And you had a direct hand in having him murdered. You don't just get over that. Like that, I like, I just, I, in my head, I feel like you just don't get over that. Like on a, I get that where you're coming from. Like you don't. And you know, these things are not mutually exclusive, but on the same point, you had a direct hand in getting rid of one of the most prominent people that helped black people be able to make progress in this country, that inspired so many different things, who has an incredible story in and of himself, has helped plenty of people. And you helped get this nigga killed. You helped get all these other people put in jail, had their livelihoods torn apart, who were otherwise doing you know, good work. They were doing legal work. They were doing good work. And you help take all these other people down. You help get this man killed. And, you know, so, yeah, you should live with all of that pain. And, you know, you should deal with all of that shit. I hope you did. And when you think about his role, he was hindering the progress of this country. He was hindering the progress of black people. He was hindering the progress of, you know, all of the oppressed people here. And so when you think about the different types of people that we talked about, you know, in the show that we look at in history, he was one of the his legacy is going to be one of the oppressors. His legacy is going to be one who hinders progress. His legacy is going to end up becoming one who tried in the face of progress to put a stop to it, who sided as you mentioned, the devil's advocate, one who sided with the devil devil. in that situation. And And so, and so, you know, that's a heavy load to bear, but it's a heavy thing that you did, brother. Um, and and so, you know, that's, that's what he gets (laughs) to that extent. And I I get, that's the reason is one would wait to release something like that. But, you know, we know the times that we're living in right now. We think about right now in 2021 to be, 
I'm trying to imagine me being a black person running around like, yeah, the people that that fucking raided the Capitol uh, on behalf of Donald Trump and, you know, the day we're recording right now um, was when Ahmaud Arbery was uh, murdered as well um, to, uh, last year. And so, you know, be running around like, yeah, that nigga shouldn't have been running in that white neighborhood or looking at fucking whatever he was looking at. And they should have fucking killed his ass and they should have pulled him over and stopped him. You know, this is him is the worst version of that. He's the nigga that pulled him over. He is the person who led the, you know, let people into the fucking Capitol and put the security off of, you know, off of patrol or whatever to let them in the Capitol. Like, that's his role. Yeah. But I feel like it is different. Um, hmm. I'm trying to be realistic because one, let me, let me, let me be clear. I don't agree with what he did at all. I think that, um, he is also going to go down and people are going to drag him. You know, people are upset and this letter is going to be memorialized, which is also a testament to him because he didn't have to do this. But you don't want to just pat someone on the back for doing one thing and going and doing it like once you're dead. Me, I'm just trying to be like, I'm trying to be more understanding and not just aggressive and talk and, and like remove the humanity from him. Um, people do all types of wild things if they feel like they're under duress if they feel like their livelihood is going to be at stake. It is on him because he signed up to be a part of a wild organization. Even if he had the best intentions, he probably had way too high of hopes because they immediately, um, I mean, he says he was an undercover police officer. I don't know how long he was a police officer before he started this undercover shit. But if he signed, if, you know, like, he he was really only ever accepted into the academy and passed the academy um, because they wanted blacks to be able to do shit like this. Yeah, unfortunately for you, you were completely used as a pawn, and that's, that's sad, and you fell into it. Um... I, I just don't know. I feel like it wasn't one of those things, though, where he was, like, super excited to do this. Like, super excited to be a part of it. Probably I think it was not, probably we hard. Always choice. We always have a choice. Even under the worst circumstances, Listen. there's always a choice. And he consistently made the choice to undermine the people fighting for his liberation. Even though, yes, he yes. could have got fired. He could have got arrested. The people that he undermined all actually took those same risks to be arrested, to be killed, to be sent away, to have their livelihoods hurt. For and they sure. And fought for the right things. For sure. And, uh, you know, all of our ethics and our morals are different. His clearly lied with saving himself and saving his immediate family first and foremost. For other people, they care about that secondly you know the movement is more important long term is more important black people on a whole are more important so if i die if i have to die 
to make a change, then fuck it, I'm going to die. Not everyone has that. Even today, like, people love to say they're real and they're ten toes down and then this and they're that. But if they get caught up in some shit and now the, the police or whoever is um, telling them, oh, they have X amount of years or, oh, if you don't tell me what I want to find out, I'm going to kill you. Most people aren't going to stand, you know, and hold their shit down. They're going to buckle you know, not people like, be ten toes not... down, sitting in a chair with their feet dangling. Yeah, not everyone's built for that type of shit, you know. And you really, you, I guess, to a point, you don't know until you're put in those kind of extreme situations where you find out, like, oh, you know what? I'm not about this. I'm not willing to die. I'm not willing to risk my family. I'm not willing to risk my well-being and it's going to hurt and I feel guilty and this sucks and I hate it and I'm stressed but I have to look out for me. Gotta look out for me. I have to look out for me. Like, that's a thing, you know? Like, I, I mean, and we're not a monolith. And this isn't just, like, an issue with black people. Like, the whites do this, too. People fucking look out for themselves. Some people are down. Yeah, it's a human trait for sure. Like, we have a survival (laughs) instinct, right? Because we're still animals. For some, they can see the bigger picture. What do I mean? I don't mean shit. But I'm a part of a grander thing, and that's important. Other people are solely themselves. Yeah, I get it. I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. So we encourage you to go take a look at this. If you're like, all right. uh, (laughs) What did y'all just tell me? (laughs) (laughs) That was a lot. And what? (laughs) (laughs) So I want you to Google Raymond A. Woods letter. Google Raymond A. Woods Malcolm X and then the letter will pop up. And you can read it. And if you're like, who's Malcolm X? You get, definitely get out of the fucking saying, box, first of all. Yeah, you definitely um, shouldn't be saying who is Malcolm X. So you should Google that first. You should understand how he got killed. You should also read his autobiography. It's a really good book. And it's a very And watch book. the documentary on Netflix. Um, they unpack some things. They uncover some things. You know, I feel like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King will be forever tied to each other the way that... Biggie and Tupac were. I feel like it was the 60s beef. Uh, you know, like, they're they're forever bonded in that way. I, I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I feel like... Damn, I really want to argue that Tupac and Biggie should not be in the same conversation as the two of these men. But I know that their uh, rec- name recognition <laughs> is that high. But, like, I, fuck. I'm bringing, I'm bringing... <laughs> I know why you're bringing it up. Uh, yeah, I... So, let me be clear. I Because I didn't think you were going to go there. I'm only bringing them up in the sense that there some people are just bonded together. Yes, and I understand. I, and because of the beef and because of the tragedies that were so... So closely related, um, they're bonded together. It was just another example. But... <laughs> I mean, yo, do you like Biggie Smalls music? Are you yo, trying? I feel like you like Biggie Smalls. Are you trying to say that Biggie Smalls and Tupac weren't impactful to like the black? No, I'm asking. Experience? Do you like Biggie Smalls music? You strike me as a Biggie like liker. So I am a very East Coast person, but I prefer Tupac. I fuck with Biggie's music, 
But I don't really ever actively go out of my way to listen to Biggie's music, whereas I go out of my way to listen to Tupac. Like, I have Tupac in my Serato, like, albums, and I only just, like, have songs of Biggie. Mm. I like Tupac uh, quite a bit more, especially his poems. Um, Why his did you think I would prefer Biggie? Kind of. What did you say? Why did you think I would prefer Biggie? I don't know. He'd be saying some weird shit, and I just feel like I, you might have had phases where he vibe was it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Biggie is a vibe. I fuck with him heavy, but no, I don't I fuck definitely... with that nigga's vibe at all. Um, I hate I... his fucking songs. I'd be listening to his lyrics <laughs> really? like, what? I don't fuck with this. No, Biggie is cool. I fuck with Biggie, but I definitely prefer Tupac. Um, yeah. I, I think the thing with Biggie, for me is he talks a lot of that like he talks a lot of shit and some of it I can fuck with but especially when he talks about women I don't fuck with that like because he was ugly and fat and you can be fat like I'm not trying to fat shame but he was talking wild shit about women and it's like but you're like not a 10 my nigga you're actually like a 2 or 3 and you have money <laughs> And I, you're He's cool. one of those people that they look good because they rich. We talked yeah, about that earlier. Yeah. That could be the outro, right? The ugly because like, you broke. You hang out. You know there was that thing going around like, I ain't never seen two pretty best friends. The same could be said about niggas. Y'all be hating to not, you don't want to ever say your mans isn't ugly. But y'all's mans be fucking ugly. They get bitches still because of wild shit. Obviously Biggie, great rapper, cool voice, money. He's gonna have whatever. But Tupac was actually a baddie. Um, had like more shit to say outside of this whatever. Like Tupac could match Biggie's energy but give us a lot more that Biggie like didn't have that type of range. That's me personally. And I'm not going to lie, Hit Him Up is one of my favorite songs. It's aggressive, <laughs> it's wild, it's dangerous, it's fucked up. Every time I listen to it, my eyebrow raises. I'm just like, yo, you did not have to go there. Like, <laughs> your fo- your faux faux, make sure all those, your kids won't grow. Like, that line is aggressive. He was upset. Damn, faux faux, <laughs> make sure your kids don't grow. That's, <laughs> like, the outro to that song is fucking wild. Well, actually, one of my favorite bars, too. Tupac doesn't even say it. It's one of them other niggas, but it's um, they say you're he caught he says you're softer than Alize with a chaser, <laughs> like they were just being disrespectful. Honestly, <laughs> they were, but it's late. Um, this you'll so this is essentially more conversational. I think is what you'll get with Patreon. We're not super lit. It's a Tuesday night. We recorded an episode already. It's mad late, and my we'll be contacts, drunker next time. Don't worry. We'll be drunker, and my contacts are dry. Um, but definitely, definitely let us know. Maybe different topics, scandalous things, just wild shit that you want to know more about are the things I think we want to do for Patreon. Things that are a bit more fun, that we can just talk a bit more shit on. We have lots to say, um, especially if I get my aggressive, angry bag. Like, ooh, I will turn beat red and it'll be a wild, it'll be a wild ride for all. So, yeah, like, subscribe, sh- uh, share, email us, Instagram, DM us, tweet us. You can find us. We're out here.
in these social media streets. And yo, for real, dog, you got things that you care about in this life. Ride for that shit. Care about it. Don't be a bitch and get important <laughs> people killed. That shit's not cool. Stay, like, actually ten toes down, you know? Stop letting your feet dangle, nigga. <laughs> Bye.